TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce for the 309th time on the podcast, the founder of Forage Cereal, the wellness guy himself. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, brother. Hello, brother. How are you? Mate, I'm awesome. I've just dropped the kids off to school and uh, I'm back. I've just confirmed our first wave of Ikaria 2019 attendees. We are absolutely ready to rock and roll. I know people have already bought their flights. You've bought your flights. Yep, got my flights. I'll buy my loaded. flights in the next couple of weeks, and uh, and mate, I'm in ex- I'm in an exciting uh, phase. I feel like Sebe, mm-hmm. my beautiful angel wife, might be. Mm-hmm. She'd hate me saying this, but I feel like she is over the hump with her pregnancy. Like she's had a very tough twenty weeks. I think she's twenty two yeah. weeks tomorrow. It's been hard for her. Yeah, and she's uh. Again, I, I say that, say that. Um, what is it? Touch wood. Touch my movie workspace. Uh, yes. Stand up desk. Touch, touch wood. My movie workspace touch yours. Yes. And uh, but but I'm in a very very. I'm just I'm pumped, and I get to speak to you. And I saw you last week in the flesh. It's so much, so much excitement. It's definitely a great space, great mm. time. It's all good. And football starts in two weeks. Or football two and starts and in two weeks. Time, so. And uh, we had the wellness breakthrough on the weekend. Yes, and do you know how did. much forage they consumed? A lot. We, I saw you chucking around. That's uh, well-mixed forage too, by the 20 way. 20 kilos. 20 Jeez. kilos. Just over That's two incredible. breakfasts. Wow. 20 kilos. That's amazing. That's like 500 grams each. That's, 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 uh, they, that's a were, consumption. they were rampaging through. They, they were, were foraging through the forage, mate. <laughs> so that's incredible. But you know, after we climbed the one thousand steps two days in a row, so they should be. They deserved it. Absolutely. Yes. They Absolutely. deserved it. Um, and of course, they were intermittent fasting. You know, between sleep and breakfast. So <laughs> they were. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love you know, it. I figured out the other day <laughs> that if uh, Pierce family has breakfast has dinner at about six o'clock, and yeah. uh, breakfast at about seven thirty in the morning. Thirteen and a half hours. Thirteen and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Does that does that it's, you know is that a does that mean I I well you might round it up to say fourteen yeah so let's say it's fourteen ten the fourteen ten didn't Steph Blow yeah. Real Food Real Wellness Couch team out of ours talk about fourteen ten at the summit or is it more like sixteen eight am I just I was, drawing I was a line? as crooked as a dog that day so yes. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember much. I apparently I was on stage. Um, I don't really know. I was, uh, I was definitely your expressing. voice was gone. Your voice was, was gone. But you know what? I mean, three hundred and nine episodes, and uh, our voice in terms of our philosophy of aging well, what it takes to age well, I would say has shifted, uh, matured, been challenged, mm. then been encouraged. Um, there's a couple of things happening at the moment, one that you brought uh, to my attention yesterday, which could, for some people, could bring a level of despondency in terms of just how sick as as Australians will say as a nation, um, but also just how 
also how reliant we are on medication, but then also how many people are being impacted by medication, especially when it's been given at the right time, at the right dose and all the rest of it. Would you be happy to share with our listeners what's come across your desk and um, and I think it's important that we have a chat about it because it's quite the statistics are quite challenging and I think all of our listeners will will be able to relate to it to a point. Yeah, totally, mate. I uh, Look, you know, you think about the word wellness and where the wellness guys came from and the wellness couch, where that came from and its intention. The whole intention behind this wellness movement was to avoid um, drugs and surgery. That's that's essentially what it's all about, as much as you can. So if you can avoid going on medication, then you're doing pretty well. And if you've had to have medication, then you've had to have medication. But the um, goal would be to not have to use medication uh, long term. That's the goal, really, of wellness. Um, and to also then live a long, healthy, well life. And so people are trying to work out ways in which they can hack that. Um, and you and I often tongue-in-cheek joke about some of the things that people do uh, to hack this longevity thing when there's people around the world that are doing it just by, you know, kind of living a life. But when you look at the reasons why you might not want to do medication, this uh, report was published only a few weeks ago uh, by the Australian, um, what's it called, the PSA, the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia. And they they are the peak body representing pharmacists and pharmacy um, in Australia. And so their concern is with safety, much the same as, say, the chiropractic board um, of Australia is concerned with patient safety. Um, the PSA is, is concerned with the safety of patients. So in other words, the safety of the population that are taking drugs. So... This report comes out, and just when you look at the executive summary of the report, it's a 32-page report, well compiled. Um, and it's interesting because the these sorts of statistics aren't easily readily available on things like the ABS, the you know Australian Bureau of Statistics. Um, you can't just Google search this stuff and it comes up with it. Like in America, you can find out this information very, very easily. But in Australia, we don't get this information. So we've only really been... I suppose assuming it, you know, in America, it's 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 very well known of all the medical hazards and the pharmaceutical interventions and all that sort of stuff, and it's not really well known here. So this report is welcomed, and it's it's good for us all to reflect on this report to be reminded that um, medication, whilst it has its place, should be one of those things that you use a long time after lifestyle interventions taken place, uh, so that you can you know, affect your life and, and, and make things better without having to use the drugs, you know, that's preferentially. And and this is the reason why. And, and so if you're okay, PC, I'll just go into some of these numbers. I think the stats are massive, yeah. I think that's really important for people to know. This isn't just an idea and this isn't just a random group. This is the peak body and they're sharing the major stats. Mm, this is it. And and they're, all, they're concerned with the safety of Australians. This is what's important. So it's not that they're representing pharmacy or big pharma or um, the government or whatever else, they're representing the safety of the patients. This is a really important thing to keep in mind. So the, they, the actual um, report is entitled Medicine Safety Report. So essentially um, the, the next point that they make is take care. So they're saying Medicine Safety Report, take care, and there's a number of different photos on there that indicate that people love each other, which is true, 
Um, but there's also concern about one another, and which I think is really nice. And when you read these numbers, you kind of go, yeah, there, there's definitely um, cause for concern. And so it's broken into a number of different uh, chapters. One of the chapters is called medication-related hospital admissions. And this might be surprising for some people, but the extent of the problem is this, that 250,000 hospital admissions annually are a result of medication-related problems in Australia. Now, I don't know about you, Piercy, but to go to a hospital is a big deal for me. Uh, so if I was to rock on down to the hospital, something big's happened. I've broken a bone. Yep. Um, I've got an infection. I've been bitten by a snake um, or bitten by a spider, something like that. It's big. Yep. So to rock into a hospital is is a big deal, and uh, and and two hundred and fifty thousand hospital admissions this year or last year in 2018, 2019, uh, were as a result of medication related problems. That's unbelievable. I'm just trying to do the maths in terms of how long that, how often that's happening. Two hundred fifty thousand. I just look at as two and a half MCGs, but you know well, how many weeks? It's one percent of the population. Thousand a week. Um, you know, yeah. that's uh, 700 a day. Yeah. Um, that's 30 an hour. Is that 30 an hour? That's mm. that's one every two minutes. No, honestly, it's one every two minutes that are on a medication and something's, they're, they're feeling not right because of that let's medication. Let's just say, let's say, for example, let's put this into context. Let's say, for example, uh, an A380. You know, Boeing, you're not a Boeing, an Airbus A380, mm-hmm. full of passengers. Let's say it holds 400 passengers. Let's just round it up to 500. Let's just round it up to 500. We're talking about 5,000 of these planes falling out of the sky, but not necessarily killing everybody on board, but 5,000 of these planes crashing. Yeah, with their, with their medication, yep. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of people. That's unbelievable. Yeah. If if you had one fall out of the sky, that'd be alarming. Um, but to have that many, is it five thousand or five hundred? Yeah, Maybe no, it's five hundred. Five thousand. Five thousand or five hundred people. Just five thousand and fifty or five hundred or five hundred. No, five hundred or five hundred. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, that's, that's regardless, it's a lot. It's a lot. One a and a day, isn't it? Yeah, and we're putting. I'm going to put this report in the show notes because there are a lot of stats. Why don't you just keep rolling through this because um, five hundred. There are a lot of. So, so this this things. costs a lot of money, of course. You can imagine it costs heaps. So it costs one point. It costs the country. It costs the government, or uh, well, the taxpayer. Let's not say it costs the government. It costs you and I. It doesn't cost the government. They're just, yeah, they're just the spending it on our behalf. The <laughs> exactly. They're just using our money the way they they see fit. Um, it costs the Australian taxpayer one point four billion dollars to uh, to fund that, which is unbelievable. So it's the taxpayer that's funding these interactions. Um, but the areas are coming from, or the interactions, or the uh, the concerns are coming as a re- as a result of somebody taking a commercial product. So and let's say, for example, let's say for example, I made something forage. So I made forage, and it was bad, and something went wrong. Um, it would be me that would pay for the fix up of that. Yeah. But in this case, the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, make something, somebody takes it, something goes wrong, and the government pays for it or the taxpayer pays for it. The taxpayer pays so, for it and it's at their hospital admissions. They're not um, – I mean, I think the next stat, it's important here because so people can get a differentia- differentiation on it, is that 400,000 are actually presenting to emergency 
due to some medication-related problems. So that's on top of the 250 hospital admissions. I mean, an admission is yep. come into the ward and sit on the bed and put Hang the gown on. Um, that's right. Whereas presenting to emergency is 400,000, so that's oh, that's 8,000 a week. People. You know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. That is uh, over 1,000 a day, and literally people mm. listening now, like, do the maths. That's uh, over a thousand a day, and they're actually going to emergency. Going, something is urgently wrong. I'm not quite right. And this is, can I just bring a story in here? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a story. So this this story was thankfully covered by the Sydney Morning Herald, um, and and no doubt other Fairfax papers. But they use the example of a man called Derek Screen, who's look probably in his mid forties. I don't know. Maybe it mentions it here. He's a father of two. He's a junk mail delivery man. Um, he'd had some surgery for an atrial fibrillation, um, was on a medication that he was meant to be on for seven days, and he took this medication uh, for – he took the whole box. Uh, like a lot of people do, they have that belief that you've got to take all of it. Now, regardless of the details here, he was meant to have it for a week. He took it for a further 10 days, and he found he was struggling to breathe. He uh, not not just that, but in his own words, he was also having mental issues as a result of it. He said, you're worrying that the next breath might be your last. Um, but the challenge for someone like Derek Screen is that he is taking 16 tablets a day for his heart, his high blood pressure, his diabetes, pain, and other conditions, according to the story. So if I'm Derek Screen, let's just put it on Derek for a moment. I'm every chance to get confused as to what I'm on for seven days, what I'm on forever, what I'm on for the calendar month, you know, um, that's the other concern as well is that it's it's now to the point where unfortunately because the medical system is that if there's a side effect for that medication we'll put you on a second medication and then you end up being on a third and a fourth and all of a sudden you're you know not even through your midlife and you're on 16 tablets a day medication was never meant to be so confusing for the consumer that's not the way it's it's meant to be naturally we might say well well these days it is because they make a whole lot of money doing it like that but really if we go back to the hippocrates times that is not the purpose of medication it is not to confuse the consumer who's ill yeah totally it's like the the first do no harm hippocratic oath mm. i think is uh, is you know comes into this into this uh, space but th- this report reminds the pharmacists that they're the gatekeepers and so that's what it's all about so when you go on to look at more of this you know in terms of this summary and the, the story of that man is like that's incredible but it's not uncommon so what we're saying is it's not normal for this to happen it's not meant to happen but it is common in other words uh it's happening to your friends it's happening to your family it's happening to your neighbor uh, these sorts of things are taking place, and we, we'll get to some stats about residential aged care shortly. Um, but it's important to note that the uh, the prediction of that particular medication-related hospital admissions, the predictor there or the uh, suggestion there, is that 50%, which I would say at least 50%, of this harm is preventable. And so there's a statement made there that um, probably brings the pharmacist into action and says, guys, girls, this is your job. You're meant to help prevent this from taking place. Now, um, a beautiful mother comes into our practice. She took her child to the doctor just the other day for an ear infection, and the doctor prescribed antibiotics. Now, it's been long known that you don't give antibiotics to babies for ear infections. It's been printed in the British Medical Journal. It's not best practice. In fact, it's not even evidence-based practice because um, it's been disproven and you're not meant to do it because it causes more harm than good and more repeated infections than 
a reduction in infection. So the GP may be feeling pressure, although albeit I doubt it from this lady, um, to prescribe a medication or a solution, um, has prescribed antibiotics against what is the best practice. And this is one of those things that would be preventable. You know, if there was a reduction in prescription of medications, that would be unbelievable. Um, Kale Brock at a seminar just the other day mentioned that Australia uh, prescribes nine times more antibiotics than anywhere else in the world per capita. Wow. And so that's like that's off the scale, like nine times. That I just that just blow it blows my mind that we would prescribe that much more. But anyway, that's that was the stat, and and that's that's that. So you look at this, and so all these people rock onto hospital, and they go into hospitals. But there's other people that go to hospitals for other reasons as well. And it says here that in the after hospital discharge, in the notes, you know, for this particular part of the the report, it says three in five hospital discharge summaries where pharmacists are not involved in their preparation have at least one medication error. That means that 60% of people who don't have a pharmacist involved in the um, in the preparation of the post hospital treatment plan, 60% of them have one error in their medication plan. It's just a massive waste of time and a massive and money, risk and money and a massive risk on, on people's lives and livelihood. Like three in five, can you imagine if three in five of your what's the word? It's not it's not a, it's not accurate to say in three in three in five of your adjustments or recommendations for practice members as they walked out were erroneous. But like sixty percent <laughs> of the recommendations are, are Incorrect. And again, this isn't just an idea. This is coming from the peak body. Like mm. three in five. Like I, the only time, the last time I went to hospital and had this type of, you know, after hospital discharge was 2010 when I broke my shoulder and they're recommending, you know, all the painkillers and the rest. But I would have had no idea that there's as good as a 60% chance that what was on that sheet was actually not correct. I mean, that's what it's saying. Yeah, it's saying that there'll be at least one medication error. So let's say, for example, you were given three drugs to take after you left hospital, it's expected that there'll be at least one of those will be wrong 60% of the time if the where a pharmacist isn't involved. involved. Yeah, so, yeah, so where the I don't know enough. But who's normally involved, Damo? Is it, is it norm- if it's not the pharmacist, is it the GP? And if it's not the GP, is it the specialist? Yeah, you have the, you'll have the specialist and the GP. You'll have a nurse involved and a pharmacist should be involved. Yeah, so the basically will- what they're saying here... Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, basically what they're saying here is that a pharmacist should be involved in order to decrease the risk, yep. which I think is a great idea. Surgeons are great at doing surgery. Specialists obviously specialise in a particular um, you know, modality, which is important, um, and, and the nurses are attending to the care of the patient in many other ways, but the person who's in charge and should be in charge of the drug allocation um, and to kind of – uh, what is it? Oversee the the prescription uh, should be the should pharmacist. Be the pharmacist. And so they're saying, yeah, they're saying this is our job. This is what we should be there. Please make sure that we're involved in in this process because we can save lives. That's and I think as saying. as listeners and as consumers, for all of our one hundred and out listeners listening to this, this is going to happen. It might not happen to you, but it will happen to your family where you're going to be in charge of the hospital after hospital discharge. So you want to make sure if it's for your mum or your dad or anyone in your families, that 
the any preparation that has been done or any treatment plan has been overseen by a pharmacist. Um, because look, I know if it's my dad, it's, there's no way I'll be uh, convincing him to maybe um, you know re, you know look at his philosophy around medication. In, in after hospital discharge, that's not the point. The point is accuracy, no. and I think you want to make sure. I would want to make sure as a son that uh, if my dad's been given a list of recommended medications, that it's been a pharmacist and not the specialist or the surgeon, as you say, Damo, who's, who's, who's great at doing surgery, but the pharmacist who's at the top of their game, ideally well-researched in, in, in um, what to recommend, is actually the one. And, dr- and interactions. I think drug interactions is yes. important too, you know. Can you so. define drug interactions? Because I had to ask you exactly what that meant uh, before we recorded. Yeah. Well, so there's a, a bunch of different effects that happen from taking drugs. Some are called the intended effect and others are called the side effect, but they're all effects of the drug. So um, when you look at taking a prescribed medication, there's something's going to happen um, and this is what is expected and this is what's not expected. When you take multiple drugs, then there's crossovers. So let's say, for example, we take two drugs uh, and they're both um, metabolized in the same way through the liver. In other words, they're activated in the liver through the same pathway. Uh, that will affect the way in which another drug works. And so what can also happen is it might take two, three, four, five, or six drugs um, that have an interaction with each other that either potentiates it and increases the risk of harm or decreases the effectiveness of the drug and also increases the risk of harm. Or it might actually create a whole new problem because the drug uh, combination uh, actually, you know, becomes quite, a, you know, I'll use this word for drama, um, explosive. It kind of, it, it creates a change within the body that's absolutely unintended, um, but will happen when these drugs get combined. And that's not, uh, that is not an uncommon response. That's the, that's the challenge, isn't it? Damo, I think we need to this give this, I need, we need to give this issue, and that's what it is, um, a double episode, because we've already been going on this for 20 minutes plus. So why don't we pause and resume yes. this conversation on the next episode of 100 Not Out because we want to talk about the community effects. As you've mentioned a number of times, Damo, people that our listeners know, that your neighbors and your family and people in the street um, are massively impacted by um, adverse medication events. Um, we also mm. want to talk about this as we get older. How do we actually protect ourselves and insure ourselves against becoming these statistics i think that's a really important conversation um and there's also there's still quite a bit to talk about about just Mm. if we do find ourselves in the hospital system and then we do uh go back to our daily lives how do we navigate that as well we'll discuss all of that and more on the next episode of 100 not out thanks for getting into the hard stuff demo the meat and the sandwich this is this is this is like a community service announcement. This is important stuff that, honestly, <laughs> it, it, is, is. it is buried in the newspapers. It's not front page leads. It's not page two or three. It is buried. And um, mm. it's really important to talk about because, as you said, this is our parents, our siblings, our friends, our best friends, our cousins, our neighbors, um, and our community at large. And so, we really hope that you've enjoyed uh, and been informed on this episode of 100 on Out. Do share the report. It's in the show notes here. 
have a look at it yourself, have a look at the executive summary and beyond, share it with your friends and family who you think um, would be interested in it. If you love having these deep and meaningfuls, why not join us uh, in Ikaria, the Greek island where people forget to die. That's coming up September 4 to 13. Um, Damo, we've got a, uh, an article on our trip to Ikaria, uh, called, I think it's called The 7 Tips to Aging Well, coming out in the Go magazine. That's Go Vita's quarterly well magazine done, that hits the shelves in... 150 plus stores. We can also get your forage cereal. Uh, that all happens mm-hmm. April 1. All of them. So make sure you check that out. And uh, if you'd like more information, all you have to do is head on over to 100onout.com. Check out the dates, the times, the fees, the videos, the uh, attendee experiences, the activities. And uh, it's by application only. It's free to apply. All your details go in there. Uh, we'd love your feedback on this podcast. All you have to do is go into the iTunes store, give it a five-star rating, put your comments in there, share with your friends how to listen to podcasts. You'll open up a whole new world to them. It will change their lives as we are sure podcasts have changed yours. Big thanks to our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, to you, our wonderful listeners. Thanks again. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.